This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is The Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. Hello and welcome into The Daily Score. I'm Mark Grody. We are talking about the Chicago Bears. And today at Hallis Hall, the Bears offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, took his turn at the lectern to take questions from the media. I was at Hallis Hall, as I always am. And this is a while back to that Bears 12-10 win over Minnesota. But Luke Getze was getting grilled after that game because of the spectacular amount of screen pass attempts that the Bears offense was going with a Bears offense which on that day did not score any touchdowns even though they were the beneficiaries of four interceptions by the Bears defense so this is a long cut but I think it's important to hear in full context and full questions from Luke Getze about all the screen passes against Minnesota. Luke, there was significant conversation coming out of the Minnesota game about how extraordinarily horizontal the passing attack was. After you rewatched everything, what was your kind of self-evaluation, self-critique of, of the passing game and that performance? I thought just, Justin did a really nice job with most a lot of that stuff. So a lot of it, what you see is like RPO-ish, right? You know, they come up and they're bringing all out pressure, so you have to have an answer. And so maybe a time or two he didn't need to do it, and then they were able to get the leverage back to us. But I'd say the majority of the time, the guys did Mooney and uh, EQ were unbelievable on the on the perimeter there last weekend, handling those blocks on the edges. And and so that was a really good answer to, to the run game and in uh, uh, the way that we handled that. So and then, you know, a few times we had opportunities. I think there was three or four huge explosives that we lost because we maybe the, the, whatever there was a protection or whatever happened, miscommunication from the backfielder up front that we, we lost some opportunities there that uh, to take advantage of that all-out pressure. So hit the big one with Cole on, the, on that fourth and ten. You know, that was that was really good. Great, great to see Justin drift away from it, too, to create the extra time, and then Cole did the rest. So, you know, some good stuff. Uh, <clears throat> but they, like we've talked about before, they, they, they bring a unique challenge to you that you have to have a different plan when there's eight guys on the line of scrimmage. Three or four that you referenced. So there's opportunities to, to hit it downfield if, if it had been – yeah, we executed properly. Yeah, for sure. We had, we had, we, you know, whether it was Justin handling the protection adjustment or whether it was the plan was, 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 uh, you know, should have been able to give us that opportunity. And then we just weren't able to connect on a couple of those. And that could have really, you know, that and the two turnovers, you take those, those, uh, you know, it's a completely different game for sure. Your, your game plan the first time you faced them wasn't, didn't appear to be as extreme. What drove you in that direction? Well, again, I think you're, it became more extreme because there was more, you know, I think 
that those weren't, you know, you're at least half of those, you're not calling them to do that. That's the reaction because of what you're presented. And so as you go through those those type of game plans, you want to have answers for your guys. And whether you're changing to a max protection, whether you're changing to a perimeter, you know, RPO screen, whatever you want to refer to it as, like those are all different ways that, that we all, you know, whether it's Cole on the delay, like all that stuff, there's a bunch of different ways that you can attack it. And I think it's really important when you play a team that does that much that you don't have too much for your guys too. So some of that was, you know, obviously Justin Fields is – choice on those were those the right reactions did he go to that too many times yeah that's what like i was said before there was maybe one or two that he he thought something and it really wasn't but for the most part justin did a really nice job of diagnosing that stuff and seeing what they presented to us and they do a great job of making everything look the same so whenever they presented it and sometimes they got out of it we were still able to you know get that out leverage them like i said uh, mooney and eq did a great job last week there's two or three of those that were really high level blocking on the outside and and got and sprung dj pretty good there inside your system how much freedom do you give the quarterback at the line of scrimmage to go off of based off what they see or are there a certain number where after a certain point we're doing what we're doing yeah i mean you you have to the, the qb has the ultimate decision right so whatever he says goes and so um when you have op- when you play teams that are going to do different things, or even like kind of you know you, you go you have your training camp opportunities where you just have these base rules, and when you get presented these things, he's you know the quarterback has these triggers to get to, and um, you know that team just specifically just brings more of that out of you than than normal. And uh, but complete the quarterback has complete control for sure. Uh, when I played that cut from Luke Getzey on on the radio on the score. And I'm, I'm wondering if you guys listening to this podcast right now are having the same reaction. A lot of people thought that that sounded like Luke Getzey throwing Justin Fields under the bus. And I guess you can, I guess you could say that because he did say that, you know, on a 50% of those plays, you're not calling those plays that these are Justin Fields's options. And you taught, you heard about some of the control that, ju- that Luke Getzey says, Justin Fields, has um but i look at it as more we're getting some honesty out of of luke getsy and i I, justin fields is a different style of quarterback and i think part of that part of what he is talking about there is that um in terms of the running and all of that and his what his desires are on certain plays but this doesn't mean justin fields is bad doesn't mean I don't like him. Doesn't mean that Luke Getzey doesn't like him. It just means that, hey, here's what happened in the game. This is what we're dying to know. Why the hell were there so many screen passes? Well, some of it, some of it is Justin Fields' choice. Um, and I'm not saying, like, it, Luke Getzey is far from exempt from criticism for his work uh, as a collective. So far, the your quarterback, Justin Fields, has – not developed into what I think a lot of people thought he was going to be as the number 11 overall pick. So that that goes on Luke Getze and it goes on Justin Fields. But I did think it was interesting, and I'm, I am curious as to what how you guys would react to or are reacting to what Luke Getze said right there. One more cut from Luke Getze. I think one of the things that we have been trying to figure out this year, and I have not really – gotten a satisfactory answer from the player, Darnell Mooney. That's the player we're about to talk about. Nor coaches on why hasn't Darnell Mooney really benefited. Like when this, when 
when we were in camp and you know you had DJ Moore there, I was like, man, it's going to be a big year for Darnell Mooney because he could be the beneficiary of the work that a star receiver like DJ Moore does. So the question to Getsy is, why? Why has DJ Moore seemingly not benefited? Yeah, Mooney's doing a lot of really good things. I think it's just sometimes, you know, DJ's getting a lot of the action, Cole's getting a lot of the action, and then, you know, and then and Mooney's been and sprinkling in there. And like I've said before, Cole and Mooney are really big situational football guys for us. They they stand, you know, the plays are designed for those guys uh, when you get to the gold zone, when you get third down situational, those guys. And then, you know, and then you have this added element of a quarterback who can run the football, right? So that takes away a little bit away from those opportunities, if you will, uh, maybe that just a traditional offense would run with, uh, you know, more targets going all over the place. Now, I think it was interesting too, and in the the you know you mentioned Cole Komet in there, and that's I think that's a big part of this too. Look at this now: the targets this year. Cole Komet sixty eight targets, Darnell Mooney forty two. So some of this is the development of Cole Komet, another another guy that we've been sort of pushing in a figurative sense to develop. Come on, man, we want more from this guy, especially when he gets the fifty mil though. Komet on the year, 56 catches for 482 yards and five touchdowns. Again, like I said, Darnell Mooney, 42 targets, 25 catches, 351 yards, and a TD. The reason that we're always on this trail is because Darnell Mooney is a 1,000-yard receiver who a lot of people, including me, thought was going to have a really big year this year. DJ Moore, uh, of course, has the most targets, 93 targets, 70 catches, 1,003 yards on the season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last cut of the show today. The final cut comes from one of the big guys on defense. He is Montez Sweat. And one of the themes in the Bears locker room over the last couple of days when I've been there for the open locker room is the fact that the Bears are forcing turnover. Four interceptions, um, eight turnovers in the last two games, seven of those interceptions. And Montez Sweat and those big guys on the front line are certainly helping the secondary because of their pressure. Yeah, this is this is a good group. Before I got here, it's a great group now. So I mean, I'm I'm just here to help them guys on the back end. It's really like no back end. I have I have a play with a great great back end. So just here for the rock. And what's it like when when your pass rush pays off with the turnover? Shit, it's, it's, that shit like poetry in motion, man. Yeah, that's what you want. You're just here for the ride. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm just here for the ride, man. Good ride. Brown guy. I don't know why. I just got a kick out of that. I like his laugh. Montez Sweat right there. Dropping a couple of shit bombs. I just got off the radio where you can't say shit, and I still feel weird saying it because there's, like, microphones all over the place. But he said it. I said it. We got no bleeper here. That's right. We don't have to do that. Um, but like Montez Sweat effect has been great. He talked about how he's still kind of getting used to the defense. He's looking pretty comfortable all of a sudden. So that's a really good sign for the Bears and obviously for Ryan Poles and some of the, the foundational pieces that he is putting together. 
together in theory. That is all for the Daily Score today. Thank you for listening and watching. We always appreciate it. For our executive producer, Ray Diaz, I am Mark Grody. I will talk to you tomorrow on the Daily Score.